The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach. And joining me to break it all down, the coach is here. What's up, coach? Well, I'm actually doing the show uh, from right near where uh, Mark is because I'm actually in the field this week. So I'll be out practicing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you're, you don't don't get sick of me, Coach. We've got we've got this pod and we've got uh, early edge tomorrow morning. So you and I are going to be seeing a lot of each other. W- winners never get sick of each other, my friend. We never I get love sick it. of each other. I love it. Kyle Porter is here. KP, what up? I think Coach and Spieth had the same world ranking last week at Phoenix, but now, now, uh, now Spieth has jumped you. So we have a we have a field headliner. Uh, Jordan just nipped him. Just nipped him. Uh, and Mark Immelman is here. And Mark, when I say here, uh, I'm actually referring to the 18th at Pebble. You are there, my friend. I am, and Coach, I just got the message from our producer, Seller Shah, that I've got your group on Thursday afternoon, so you better bring it. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, my, my room is overlooking the 18th green and that iconic uh, Monterey uh, pine over there, and of course the fairway. It's it's pretty out right now. Um, sort of sunshiny, kind of gloomy, but there's rain in the forecast. So, Coach, you better pack your rain gear, bro. Oh, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to figure out how you you get the CBS money. So your your room is overlooking the 18th green. When I did PGA Tour live here two years ago, we were staying 22 minutes away. I don't know how is that fair, but it seems apropos. I don't know. You know, some of us. It's, it's just the charm of life, really. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, good love stuff. It. Producer Jacob said Mark took DJ's room. That is now available, <laughs> which is no fun. stairs. Uh, yeah, no stairs. Be careful, Mark. Uh, before we jump into the storylines for this week and get into everything excellent going on up in Pebble Beach, don't forget that you can win a free year of Sportsline, a subscription to Sportsline for a year for free. It's unbelievable stuff. And it's perfect because you get your award-winning picks and the patented Sportsline model. All you have to do, listen carefully, is leave a five-star review in Apple Podcasts for the first cut. Drop in the review a player that you think is going to make the cut this week at Pebble Beach. Leave your Twitter handle so we can get a hold of you and make sure you're following at First Cut Pod on Twitter so that we can tell you that you won. That's a way to get into a draw. Gentlemen, Storylines, things have changed since the last time we've talked. A lot has changed in the world of golf. Let's start with the PGA approving use of rangefinders for all of its championships, which means Kiowa Island. Bryson's going to be out there holding a rangefinder, or I guess maybe his caddy will be. Uh, there's going to be a lot of takes for this. So let's go to our main take master first, Kyle Porter. <laughs> 
you were on fire on Twitter today, my friend. You were you love this yeah. stuff. I don't I don't I think Bryson's going to be holding a telescope rather than it, it says it says uh, what's the terminology divide uh, distance measuring device. I mean that can be anything <laughs> yeah. with Bryson. That could be that could be a number of different things. I you know it's interesting that you said that because I feel. I don't know that I have a strong opinion one way or the other on this. I've, I like, I've kind of gone to to both sides of this in the same afternoon here. And at first, I was like, okay, this is good, speed things up. And then it's like, well, will it really? Because you got it's just another thing that you're kind of adding to the mix. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it. I I, I feel like almost Greg or or Mark would be better because they, you know, that's more kind of the world that they exist in. I do think, you know, for us, for making content online and on Twitter and stuff, it's phenomenal because you're going to get just a, a litany of Patrick Reed jokes. You're going to get the Bryson stuff, the Dustin Johnson and Austin Johnson, you know, yardage jokes, all, all that stuff is going to be fantastic. But in terms like a, of like a, a rule and a pace of play thing, I, d- I don't totally know where I land on it yet. So, so I'm, I'm glad we have Mark here, but I'm going to save him because he's going to come in and educate us all at the end here. So coach, I'm going to head, head to you next. And, and I, I'm with Kyle yeah. at first, at first I was like, Oh, you know what? This will probably speed things up. And then honestly, there was a couple of guys who came out, John Wood, uh, who has, who has been on the telecast yeah. this year, uh, caddy, uh, on the PGA tour. He basically is like, not really right. Like this, because anytime there's a discrepancy <clears throat> between what they have in their book and what the laser says, that's going to slow things down. And, and it's just going to be one of these situations. And we kind of saw this when you could leave the flag stick in. Uh, some guys would leave it in. Some would take it out. Now they're playing this game where they're shuffling around, putting it in, taking it out, and it's taking mm-hmm. longer on the green. So uh, I, I at first thought it was going to speed things up, but maybe not so. Full disclosure, I am an ambassador for the PG of America. I've been on a couple of different calls towards the end of 2020 where they were discussing uh, several different things to make a splash, to make a difference, to make a change. And I said, I don't think last May, when the time was right to make the change that we were thinking about, this would be what the PGA of America would come out with when there's so many other things that they could do to help the championship and help uh, the Ryder Cup, where I think this is going to cause a problem. And I'm sure somebody would say, oh, we never thought we would be here, is there's a lot of fancy devices, right? All you're supposed to be able to do, if I'm not mistaken, is just be able to get the distance. But it's illegal to get the slope. It's illegal to use it for other things, and I think that's gonna that could could uh, pose a problem if players decide. Because how are you going to monitor it? Is there going to be a little device in each body, each person's device, to to say that they did or did not do that? I think this opens up a big can of worms. I'm a little bit shocked that they decided to do it at their biggest event. I would have probably started it. I don't know at their college championship just to see if speed of play was real. Or at the KMP or KPMG, but a little shocked that they decided to do it, and they're doing it this year. To be honest with you, I think you have to ask the question of how they monitor other equipment, which is they don't. Which and is, so I think it right, right. And so right. I think it's it's uh, you know I yeah I, I don't know I'm I'm curious to hear what what Mark has to say about it because I, I think that yeah I, I don't I don't know. Me, me too, Mark. And here's here's the thing, and I and you're out there, you're getting the numbers, you know this, right? And and also it's one thing to get a number to the stick. 
but that's like one fifth of it all, right? Like they need the number to ca- they want the number to carry. They want to know how far to the edge. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more going on in like me. I just shoot the number, get the stick, and I'm like, well, anything within ten yards of that's good for me. That's not how they do it on the PGA Tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a really appropriate call there, Rick. And and I actually was part of a. Uh, little thread uh, with Gary Young this morning, who's the lead rules official in the PGA Tour right now. And he said that the Tour had tested this with the Corn Ferry Tour maybe last year or whenever it was. And what they found out from all of their research is that the use of the range finder did not improve the pace of play at all. The only time it really made a bit of a difference was when a player was outside the ropes and someone could just laser a player on the green and get you like an eyeball. But to your point, these players look for a cover yardage. They look for a maximum yardage. They're not necessarily going to the flag. And so that's where, you know, this is thrown out the window. And, and I'm, I'm curious to hear um, coaches' take on this because to me, it seemed like the PGA trying to do something just to make a little bit of a splash or a name for themselves. And, and what I found curious um, when I started poking around a little bit on this was Kerry Haig who is the director of championships, I think is his title, who I uh, respect highly. I mean, he is one of the great minds in the game. Did not have a comment on this one. And then in the, uh, in the press release, there was nothing said about pace of play. The term that was used was the flow of play. And I'm not so sure what the flow of play is. But I can tell you this from the player-caddy relationships, I cannot see this improving the pace of play whatsoever. I really cannot. It's giving the caddy an extra thing to carry. And so I think it's just the PGA sort of trying to do something a little bit different. Let's not forget that they were the guys that made wearing short pants over here in their major championship. They allowed it. Them and the, the uh, USGA, I feel like, did it as well. But I know the PGA did. So so it, it's it, it's a PR move to me. Um, I can't see how it's going to gain much traction. And And from a pure, you know, from the college golf coach in me, I can see one of two things happening. Play staying just as slow because in college golf, it is pedestrian at best. And then there's going to be some golfer in the fourth hole that goes, oh, shucks, I've left the slope feature on my uh, range finder. <laughs> and then he gets mm-hmm. done with it. Because when they're using these things, they're using them in practice rounds where the main feature for this uh, range finder is to find out the actual yardage, not what it is on the ground. So if it's five yards up or whatever the case might be. And so there's just another thing to police, police to Carl's point. And so uh, I'm not buying. I'm not buying in right now. Really, I'm not. The yardage book will never go away. To be honest with you, in my opinion. I'll go ahead and jump in, Mark, because because you just hit the nail on the head. I how the last Zoom call ended with me and the PGA of America uh, was there was a lot of uh, a lot of tension because I said because they had a chance to make a, a change and a difference last May. When the Black Lives Matter movement was happening, when when the, the golf organizations who have little to no diversity whatsoever, they had a chance to really make a change. And all they did was come out with two statements, and that was it. So in November, when I, I said to them on the call, just being completely honest, I said, what have we done the last seven months overtly outside of the company to show people really trying to make a change? And they said, well, we have a strategy. We started it in March. I said, okay, tell me what that is. Well, it, it's, it's still being developed. I said, please, just tell me something. And I, I, I get very frustrated when I put my name on a company or with a company, and then all they do is sit there and put out a couple of statements, and nothing happens. So I said, what about a partnership with a gambling company? And they're like, oh, we're going to roll that out around April. I said, so they're going to lose six months of revenue as a partner with money coming in. It, it seems like to me they have meetings to have meetings, 
And I call it they're protecting their pension. That as long as nobody makes a big play or nobody makes uh, a, an idea that's going to put them out on the island, they're fine with that. That's the problem with the PGA of America. And that's why I have a problem right now being a part of what they're doing moving forward because it's always just a little bit here to make a, uh, a stunt, like Mark said. And I believe absolutely that's all this is. It's it's so interesting that, you know, if in five minutes after this news comes out, everyone's kind of like, nah, this this isn't going to really do anything. We're 11 and a half minutes into this pod. We've kind of debunked this. So, KP, I, I, we, we've talked about why, but even more so, like, does this go anywhere? I mean, obviously, this is one event. Uh, it's the PGA Championship that these guys are going to be allowed to use it. Do you see any wider rollout? Are we going to have to wait and see? What the what the feedback from from this change is going to be moving forward? Well, I think what's interesting, and I was thinking about this when it came out, is does this open the door for? Because we talked a lot about equipment recently. Does this open the door for like, oh, well, this organization is? Because I think casual fans right now they think that everybody's the same. They think that PGA of America events are the same as USGA events, are the same as PGA Tour, yes. and all this stuff. Yes. So. Yes. And they and they conflate the PJ of America with the PJ Tour uh, to to take it a step further. So, I think it it a little bit opens the door for okay. Well, this organization's doing this. Augusta's going to do this. The RNA is over here doing this. And and I'm not talking about rangefinders and slopes. And I'm talking about anything driver you know you know, the grind on your wedges all these different things because i can't remember and maybe there i'm sure there's been something in recent memory where one of the organizations has said well we're just going to go do this and you guys do whatever you want it, it, that doesn't that doesn't happen very often and so this feels a little bit unusual in that sense and i wonder what it allows the other organizations to kind of go and do their own thing in in the near future um that is a fantastic call, um, Kyle. Just, just help me before I make my statement so I don't have to put my foot in my mouth. When that ball data was released here recently, that was just a, a USGA and an RNA thing. The PGA weren't involved. Am I correct? That's yeah, right. Yeah, the Masters Club weren't either. And, and to me, the snacks of slight of hand, and I've said this before in this podcast, where the real issue at the professional level is how far the golf ball is traveling. And all these companies have relationships with equipment companies, all these organizations, I should say. So so to take the focus away from how far the ball's going and managing the equipment, they're like, oh, well, we're going to change the name of a, penalty, a hazard to a penalty area. And we're going to now suddenly <laughs> not allow you to use you – know, we're going to not allow you to use a rangefinder during competition. I'm like, to, to, to me, I'm sort of seeing through this whole thing a little bit and say, yo, like Coach says – how about addressing one or two causes if this is uh, in your company interests and your mission, and then do something about the problem at hand? And that's not pace of play because, trust me, I've seen at the college level, they are slow as rip, and they all use rangefinders. In the pro level, with fields of 140-plus players, if you're using a rangefinder or not, it's going to be pedestrian on Thursday and Friday. Mm. All right, well, we're obviously going to have uh... – this is going to evolve over time, so we'll keep a close eye on this story. Uh, you know, we we spent Monday, Greg, Sia, and myself breaking down the entire fantasy slate for this week. Greg, uh, excuse me, Coach, and we were rocking and rolling. And then Monday evening, the big dog, the biggest dog, says, "Nah, I'm out." Dustin Johnson has withdrawn. Uh, his statement includes essentially. He's healthy. It's the trip back. He wants a little time to, to, to relax at home, all that good stuff. So uh, this field changes in quite a significant way, Coach. I got two words for you. Jet 
freaking lag. So that's three words, actually, jet lag. <laughs> so uh, I made this trip to Saudi Arabia. And I said earlier today, uh, as I was kind of handicapping what I was looking towards today, that anybody that makes a trip back, that just like Rory did at Torrey Pines, that takes a test before they leave, has to quarantine for a day or two, and then has very little time to get ready. Uh, it didn't surprise me that he pulled out. I watched ev almost every shot that he hit on Sunday, and he is as lost right now as I've ever seen him. But he could have won by 12 shots. I think he's just very, very frustrated with his game. He looked completely lost on the greens. He couldn't hit the, the, the hole from two feet away. I mean, that's literal. He couldn't do it. So I just think he's a little bit lost. I think he doesn't want to go out there and not embarrass himself, even though it's a place that he loves to play. He's won here and he does very well here. I think he's just tired. He says, listen, I got to fix his putting or I don't need to be out here. And so Riviera, you know, that's, that's the place that he loves the most. I think he's going to fix that and then be back next week. Well, that I think is even more so. We, we live in a world now where this golf schedule is, is stacked. And KP, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have Riviera next week. We're going to have a WGC event before you know it. That's the new event in, in Florida, uh, previously the WGC Mexico. I think it's called the concessions this year. So, I, I mean, this is, uh, th there's going to be few opportunities to get a rest week in. And this kind of felt like a natural one for DJ, even though he was already in the field, even though he was already listed as uh, historically short in the betting markets, three and half for four to one and a place that he's had a ton of success i guess you got to pick your spots here yeah and it's kind of a natural one for everybody and this is the unfortunate part is that it coincides with i don't know one of the five best courses on tour one of the three best courses on tour is that you, you've so you've got that going one way and then you've got this sort of bye week i mean we should just have bye weeks right like why, why are there we should and, we I don't should. know. Maybe maybe that just pushes the season into December. But I gotta um, pay bills, Kyle. We can't do bye weeks. I got I gotta pay I know. The bills. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it just it it, it it sucks. It sucks that that sort of natural break coincides with Pebble Beach. Also, maybe don't go to Saudi Arabia. You know, that's another take. But I don't know. I I, I sort of yeah. get it for. For, for, from if, from everybody's like in individual perspective, it makes sense. Go to Saudi Arabia, get paid, take Pebble off, play Riviera. It just sucks for the for the event overall. Yeah, it it does. And and Mark, you're obviously you're obviously on scene there. I think I saw that this is actually going to be you know in terms of strength of field, the the metric, uh, the weakest field that this event has ever had with with DJ pulling out. We're still going to have Patrick Cantlay. We're still going to have Daniel Berger. We're still going to have Paul Casey. But there are some names in this field that are uh, not household names. But I, I would argue and. There are some weeks, and depending on how this plays out, I mean, this could be a life-changing week for a lot of guys. You know, the ability to, mm -hmm. to get those 500 FedEx Cup points. I know how important those are, Mark. But the 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 status, I mean, this, this thing has opened up, and there are guys licking their chops at a life-changing opportunity. Well, I mean, you, you guys joke with me, and now I always talk about FedEx Cup points being <laughs> the only currency. And you're right. I mean, this is a, this is an opportunity for somebody um, because the whole nature of this event has changed. And I think that might have influenced DJ's decision too because if he was truly trying to get ready for L.A., and this is my opinion, it's, I don't know for certain, you come to the West Coast because, trust me, I, I flew in here from Atlanta yesterday. And I was awake at 4 a.m. this morning because I'm on the eastern time zone and the west is three hours behind. So there's that to have to bear in mind. So if he was truly into Riviera, I figure, why not just come out here, get on the west coast anyway? Hey, who knows? He might be and get on the west coast time in preparation for Riviera, which is a big deal 
especially for Dustin Johnson. But Gretzky, obviously, the whole tournament's changed. There's no third course. It's just Spyglass. It's just um, Pebble Beach. There's no Monterey Peninsula. There's no Pro-Am. So he's not playing alongside dad-in-law or whatever Gretzky is to him. Uh, and so I feel like the whole dynamic changed. So he sort of looked at this going, yeah, I'm not playing so great. I've just won more money. I've just won more points. I've solidified my position at the top of the world rankings. Let's get some rest before this vicious run that's commencing with Riviera next week as we go through Florida because most of those events down there, none of these guys are going to skip. And, of course, there's the Players' Championship just looming around the corner a few weeks away right now. So so I think there's some of that brought to bear. But me personally, I'm just jacked to be here because a few weeks ago, I wasn't sure that this event was going to go ahead. They first canceled the Pro-Am. The state basically wasn't open. Um, and I'm like, Pebble Beach? we on site here. What are we going to eat? Kind of thing. But the place is open. The golf course looks magnificent, i got to tell you. Um, you know, the facilities are here. And and I think a lot of folks are just happy that there's an event going ahead because this thing is one of those events that's always been on the tour schedule. And it's 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 one of those events that even though the field may be weakened, if you're holding that trophy – it's a pretty prestigious title, despite the weaker field. And those 500 FedEx Cup points are not to be scoffed at because if you get that done, you're guaranteed a playoff start. And who knows then what happens in those final three weeks. Absolutely. There is a still plenty up for grabs. Mark, I'm glad you brought up the fact that there are no amateurs in the field. So no, no ams. The, the pro-am has no ams. Uh, we've, we've narrowed this down to two courses and, and Jason Day had an interesting quote about this event. I don't know if it was, if the quote was this week or if he said it last year, coach, but it might, um, indicate why he's had such great success at this course. He actually says he likes the pro-am. Because these super long six and a six and a half hour rounds, he's like, hey, I've I've got time to look at a look at a putt a couple more times. I can I, there's some really awkward spots around the greens that I want to make sure I give a second glance to. And he actually said sometimes on the PGA Tour when we get into two balls on the weekend, it feels like we're sprinting. So. Uh, there, there is going to be a lot of differences this week, even for guys that like this coach. There, it's gonna, it's gonna be different this week. Every time Jason Day opens his mouth about pace of play, I just want to say, "Shut up!" <laughs> because this is a dude who famously said a couple of years ago when this was a big deal that I'm playing for a million dollars every week, and the guy at home doing the five ten Nassau is not. So I'm going to play as slow as I want to play which is completely the wrong take that you need to have as a professional golfer. The whole goal is not to be out there for six hours or seven. That's not the goal of golf. To grow the game, you don't need seven-hour rounds. Uh, but that plays right into his wheelhouse. This is why he's here. Now, I will say this. Two years ago when I was on site, I asked everybody that I could ask. I said, how come the big boys don't come here? This is Pebble Beach. And they're like, they hate the weather in February, and they hate the fact that they play six-and-a-half rounds. And a lot of players – hate talking for four rounds, four different days. And by the time you get to Sunday, you're exhausted because you've had to give all this energy to your pro-am partner when you're trying to win the golf tournament. So a lot of guys say, you know what, screw it. I don't care that it's that it's Pebble Beach, but for a guy like Jason Day, it's a perfect opportunity for him to do well. I, I would be the perfect pro-am partner. I would not say a guy i'd be like dude I, like you got a lot going on you don't not need to talk to me i'm happy to just like go walk over here by myself it's it's all good um kp come here before we take a break and go over to the other side i have a couple of questions here for you first off who's going to be the first guy to have a range finder sponsorship bryson already has his lined up right <laughs> I, i'm ricky, sure ricky, i'm sure ricky already has like three ricky does. 
Yeah. No, Ricky's already done the commercials with. Uh, he's already done the commercials. Oh uh, yeah, it. there we go. Yeah, we're going to see and we're going to see like yeah. branded. They're going to have branded covers on them. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've got the featured groups for this week, Kyle. Uh, and I'd like to know if you can only watch one of these groups all week long. So, or I guess for the first two days. So here are the groups. Jordan Spieth, Nick Taylor, Ricky Fowler. That's one. Jason Day. Taylor. Yeah, baby. Wire to wire. Last wire to wire winner on the PGA Tour. Uh, Jason Day, Siwoo Kim, and Patrick Cantlay. That's another. Uh, number three is Phil Mickelson, Max Homa, Paul Casey. And number four is Francesco Molinari, Brant Snedeker, and Stuart Sink. Stuart Sink. Wow. That last one's is... tough. The last one's tough. <laughs> uh, I got to go with the, of course, the Nick Taylor group. Spieth, Taylor, Fowler. <laughs> I don't know that I want it for Nick Taylor, but uh, by the way, Ricky is going to have a not only a rangefinder sponsor, but also a rangefinder with a slope sponsor. It's going to be two two mm. separate ones. So. That's smart. Um, yeah, the future. I mean, it's again like that's a that's a tough feature groups list. Like it's not, you know. But I, I think obviously like the Spieth, Fowler, Nick Taylor one. You know, you guys make fun of me all year, and then all of a sudden, you need somebody to talk about speed, and it's very convenient that I'm on here. <laughs> let, hey, let, let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick. This is a true story. True story. So last week, when Speed was going bonkers on Friday, he was not in our featured groups. So I said something on the air. I said, I, I, I made this call. We're switching to the Speed group away from Webb Simpson and Hindecki. People on social media lost their minds, except there was one dude who was like, yeah, let's go. I normally don't go in and look at tweets, but I did. It was Kyle. Kyle was the only dude on my social media that wanted us to switch to Jordan Spieth. I've never seen people lose their minds, and that part's not true. But, okay. <laughs> I knew that was not true. <laughs> I was like, there's no way Kyle did that. I know him no, too he well. Did. He, did. Oh. he did. But half the people who tweeted me, this, this is true. They said, I base who I bet on. Off of who you guys are going to show on PGA Tour Live, I swear they did, and I was like, "Well, then that's a problem, because if you're based enough, who then you're going to long term you're going to lose, you're going to yeah, lose." So that is a but problem. people, people, yeah, that's a problem. But they lost their minds when we switched to the speed group for sure. Yeah, they were they were not happy, Coach. I saw that as well, Mark. Yeah. Okay, I I actually like this Jason Day, Siwoo Kim, Patrick Cantlay group. Yeah. That's that's pretty strong. Yeah, that's a good group, but uh, Phil around uh, Carmel is a good deal for me. You know, he's one year before. He comes in here ordinarily with no form whatsoever, and he just finds a little something, and and he always finds a way to contend. And I, I don't know if it was last year or the year, but the year before, I believe, and I had him on Saturday in the early coverage um, before the CBS show, and I was out there, and he hit this fairway bunker shot on the third. It was like, it was like, imagine a dog going to the bathroom, a male dog, right? What the legs look like. This is what <laughs> Phil looked like in the in a bunker, and he skins this, fizzes this low wedge in behind the flag. There, spins it back to like this far away, and he comes walking out there with that sort of long gated swagger, and he looks at me and goes, "Yeah." I'm the boss. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're a legend. And, and so, I mean, I just, I love to watch him play, especially around a place like this where there's more creativity needed around Pebble Beach than anything else. And, and Phil and Spieth are the ultimate of that sort of thing. So you can spray it a little bit on certain holes off around this place, but if you hit irons and wedges and such, well, the greens are so small, it's like a chipping and putting contest. So, uh, so I, I'm more interested in the Phil group personally. Phil is one my new favorite stat. Phil is one more recently than Xander. <laughs> you 
<laughs> well, you are so fickle because the other day you were you you were talking about Xander next to the Archangel Michael and Gabriel and Xander Shafley, and you now you now you out on him last week. Come on, Kyle, stick with someone for a while. Wait, except what, no, I don't. I think that I think Xander is. I'm out. I've been out on Xander for a long time. Uh, I don't see unless my memory must be failing me then. You and you and Phil, you need some of that coffee for wellness from Phil. Get it back. <laughs> my my favorite Phil stat is that only one golfer has missed more fairways than Phil this year. One golfer. His name? Jimmy Walker. No, not Jordan yeah. Speed. That'd be awesome though. Jordan Speed's like two spots ahead of Phil Mickelson. That would be it's awesome. Jimmy, it's- Jimmy's well, Jimmy Walker's using that steel shaft in his driver. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a 38-inch driver, not the 48-incher. Um, if you want to watch Phil on the weekend, assuming he makes it there, the coverage is provided by CBS, and there are more ways to watch than ever. You could watch over old, boring television, or you can watch by streaming your local CBS sports station on all CBS All Access. Excuse me. You can watch for free on CBSSports.com, and you can watch for free on the CBS Sports app. Gentlemen. We are going to update our little super contest here. We're going to give you our best bets. We're going to talk one and done, but first we're going to take take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Super contest standings. We are actually... Doing pretty good here, guys. So our best bets, that is what we, so we make our betting cards. We designate one of them as our best bet. We are actually all on the positive side in our best bets. That is great. We range from an 18% uh, positive ROI to a 141%. That's Mark. That's you, Mark. You are, your best bets are honed in, my man. Yes. Love it. Um, So we are doing good here. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pull up, or producer Jacob is actually going to pull up, um, uh, and coach, you'll get a kick out of this. I said that Jacob is no longer 
the jeweler, he is the accountant. Have you seen the spreadsheet that he has all together for all this stuff? It's Crazy. unreal. Yeah. It's he's, unreal. He's just showing off. He's just showing off now. That's all he's doing. Uh, well, it's working. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Okay, so, so, coach, we'll bring up your betting card here first. Okay. So we're gonna give we're yeah. gonna give Jacob a second here, and um, I'm gonna run through it, and then I'd like you to tell me your favorite aspects of this. So I see three. Sure. Tournament long head to head matchups Jordan Spieth over Jason yeah. Day, Will Zalatoris over Paul Casey, Sam Burns over Cameron Davis. You have taken a Cantlay Spieth double chance. That means either of them to win at plus 500. Mm-hmm. You have Henrik Norlander as your top European player, and you have Ricky Fowler to miss the cut at plus 150. Talk to me, coach. Yeah, right now until I get to late spring, early summer, I'm going to grind it out. I just I need points. I need to really put points into the bank. So that's why I've been he- I went heavy on my three matchups. And I just said I don't think Jason Day's playing that well, and I think Jordan Spieth is. So this is more about Day than it is Spieth, uh, to be honest with you. Paul Casey just came back from not one week, two weeks overseas, and he had to do the whole quarantine thing. I think he fades. I think by Friday he's really tired. I think Sunday for Wills Torres was an aberration. I think he continues to play well. I think this is easy. Then Sam Burns, he's up there every single week. And Cameron Davis, I don't think this this course sets up well for him at all. I don't think he knows it. So I think Sam Burns is a, is a good bet. And I'll be honest, the double chance, I just threw Spieth in there because if he does win, I want to feel like KP. I really, really do. Uh, and then, of course, Norlander. I think he's going to be a top 10, so he had to be my top hero. And Ricky Fowler. I'm tired of people thinking. Somebody else I saw picked him top 20 on some show today. I was like, are we watching him hit? I watched every single shot he hit last week. He is not a top 20 player right now. He's not a top 50, not a top 70. He misses the cut. Hey, uh, Coach, I'm going to do my best Lee, Lee Corso yeah. and go, not so fast, my friend. Hey, hey, do, you want to have a little, <laughs> do you want to have a little wine bet on KCV Zalatoris? Talking about who is hitting right now, I don't care if he's playing in the Middle Eastern time zone or in the Pacific time zone. Done. Paul Casey is Done. flushing. Done. Done. And for the record, and for okay. the record, Greg Pleasant okay. paid me, folks. Can we can we please have an investigation? Yeah. <laughs> my, mine would mine will be in the mail on my it might arrive before you get back home. That's how good I am at paying off my bets. <laughs> Wine wager alert. Let's go. Let's go. It's on. Right. It's on Marcus 2 and 0. Oh, and first of all, as soon as coach started talking, Mark threw me the hand. I knew it was coming. I saw, he, I, I saw <laughs> the look in his eye, and I said, He's gonna make a wine wager. I know it's coming, and we've got it in the book. So just to be clear, this is right. Will Zalatoris over Paul yep. Casey. Coach has Zalatoris. Mark has yes. Paul Casey. I understand that correctly. Yeah, that is correct. 100%. Okay, I absolutely. I, 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 feel, I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm part of the team now that I've got a, a wine bet with. with Mark. This really, is good. This really is good, do. Coach. We need you to tell us which one of these is your best bet so that we can uh, highlight that and and put it into our system here. Uh, let's go with Zalatoris over Casey just to make there things interesting. <laughs> to make things let's, interesting. Let's double down. Let's do it. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Um, okay. Well. Mark is uh, feeling good. We're going to go to his betting card next here. And Mark, you have a very tight card. I like this. Five bets you have made. Uh, three of them are, are, excuse me, four of them are group bets. So we'll have to pull the groups wow. for these. But you have uh, Matthew Neesmith to win a group, Paul Casey to win a group, Alex Noren and James Hahn to win a group. And then you have Frankie Molinari, Francesco to be the top. I love when they do this. Continental European at two to one. So, it's Matthew Neesmith that is your best bet, Mark. Tell me why that's your best bet. 
Well, the guy is a fantastic putter, and if you've ever watched him play, he hits the ball really soundly as well. He's got a very simple golf swing, no unnecessary moving parts, and he's been playing, you know, he's found himself up leaderboards over the last few weeks on different types of golf courses. Played well for a little while there in Torrey Pines on Poanio, like we have out here. That's on the West Coast, and went to uh, to the desert last week and shot 64 on day one. So obviously, the confidence is high. But what I love about the game is how he puts Pioneer Greens. And this place around here, there are two things you have to do. You've got to putt from below the hole on Pebble Beach. You cannot hit the ball hole high or beyond the hole because you'll putt defensively. And so I feel like he'll put the ball in play a lot off the fair or, or off the tee, get himself into positions and then take advantage. And, and he's playing well. And as I looked at the group, you know, I don't want to sound like this is a Scott Stallings comment, but no one really sprung off the page at me, you know. So I was like, okay, that one and the odds, I think, is a fantastic bet. And if you look at what I've done here, apart from Molinari, I've gone with my usual five bets for 20 bucks, which has seemed to have been working just by sheer happenstance. But all of the odds, uh, yes, all of the odds are pretty good. I mean, Casey to win yeah. Group A at 450, I'd go with that all day long. I'm about to win wine on him, so I mean, why not make it a good weekend and then... And Noren's been playing well, and I, I spoke briefly with him in Torrey Pines. Very happy with his game and how I was feeling physically. And James Hahn was playing well last week. So so I think those are tremendous odds for those guys to win those groups. All right. I, I absolutely love it. I have a tournament group E here. And producer Jacob, we'll go to my card next. Uh, tournament group E, the one that is that is Mark's best bet, Matthew Neesmith. The other participants in this group are Nick Taylor, Doug Gim, Joel Damon, Chris Kirk, and Russell Knox. So you get Matthew Neesmith at four to one on your money, uh, which, yeah. yes, you've been churn- you've been churning profits all year long, Mark. Why stop now? All right. Producer Jacob. We're going to go to my card, and I've got to find my card here. Okay, what I've done, this is a little different for me. Uh, I've oh. I've taken a, a, a coach approach where I've laid heavily into matchups. So I have three matchups for 25 bucks a piece. I have Alex Noren over Joel Damon. I'm happy to hear that Mark also likes Alex Noren. I, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. I have Cameron Tringali over Phil Mickelson because Phil is all over the place, whack-a-mole, and Max Homa over Ricky Fowler. So I faded both Fowler and Mickelson. And then, yeah. Coach, let me get your thoughts on this. Yeah. I think this field has completely opened up. I, I don't know who's going to win this thing. I, I've just sprayed five bucks each to win on Streelman, Burns, Steele, Malnati, and Lashley. I'm just saying this thing's wide open. Let me see if I can find a winner. People, people don't realize that Kevin Streelman has the last five years in a row top 20s the last three years in a row top 10s at this event i love that pick for you at plus 3300 and i think sam burns i think he, he's gonna win this week he's my pick to win so of those two of those five i love him i, lo- I love him i i love it sam burns um his ceiling and i had a stat for this his steel ceiling this this year uh is jt xander and siwoo kim levels of ceiling obviously siwoo has already won mm-hmm. unfortunately the floor very low as well. So we just got to put all four rounds together, Sam, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, KP, you are making a name for yourself, my friend. You are uh, oh, no. taking over the Twitterverse. Oh, no. You are People are enjoying your betting cards, and you actually took it easy on us this week. You gave us eight <laughs> bets, which is still the most of anybody, but you gave us eight bets. I'll run through them real quick, and then we can chat here. So top 10s and top 20s to start. Will Zalator is top 10. Kevin Streelman, Ricky Fowler, Harold Varner III, all top 20s. Sam Burns over 
Cam Davis in a tournament matchup, Francesco Molinari over Siwoo Kim in a tournament matchup, and then you have two three balls to round this out. Will Zalatoris to beat Berger and Spieth. That is shocking to see on paper for you. And then Paul Casey over <laughs> Patrick Cantlay and Jason Day. So clearly what I see here is uh, you are still very bullish on Will Zalatoris. He makes two of your eight bets, and you are buying that Fowler is closer than most people believe. Yeah, so Zalatoris, I think we're just... I, I I think the name like his name is not caught up with his play yet. Kind of like the you know how it took a while for um like Hovland and Morikawa. It's like oh we we kind of hear their names and their their stats are pretty uh, oh all of a sudden like their their name catches up with how well they're playing. And to me that's how, that's where Zalatoris is at right now, especially in a kind of a weaker field like this. He he's just. He's one of the, I mean, over the last six months, nobody's been better from T to green. And then over the last three months, it's really him and Paul Casey, you know, like Mark said, that are, that are hitting it among the best in the field. So I love him. The Fowler thing, I, I don't feel great about it, you know, especially after coach just eviscerated everyone who bet on him. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I didn't know. I didn't know. My apologies. I didn't but the the case for him is like and i realize this is not a great case the case for him is he he cannot be this bad of a putter like it's 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 almost statistically impossible for him to putt this poorly for an entire season and he's hitting the ball pretty decently if you look at his if you look at his tee to green stuff over the last i don't know 3 months i guess since the end of last year it's pretty good it's just the putting has been so bad. And is that going to click on the Poana at Pebble? I don't know. Probably not. But I do feel like you never get value with Fowler in the betting market. But you kind of, I think you kind of are this week with him. I, I want to ask uh, Mark in a second about Ricky Fowler and the putting. But real quick before I do that, KP, I need a best bet from you out of these eight. <clears throat> Ugh, I hate all of them. <laughs> oh, perfect. Molinari. Uh, oh. So, Yeah. It's either that or Streelman top twenty. I'll I'll go uh, I'll go Molinari over Siwoo. That's, that's okay. good, Mark. I like that. Francesco Molinari over Siwoo Kim uh, to be Kyle's best bet. And Mark, I want to I want to ask you about this because the Ricky Fowler putter thing I think is super interesting. He he's been using that like mallet style putter, and then on Friday at the Waste Management, he he started to tinker. He took like his caddies old blade putter or something and putted with that before he missed the cut. And I, and I kind of see this two ways and I want to get your thoughts on it. One, it does not glean a whole lot of confidence when a, when a golfer is kind of tinkering like this uh, in competition. But also I feel like sometimes something just cl- like just something to different, right? So these guys just sometimes need something different, a different feel for a day. Maybe they find something. And I wanted to open that up to you because Ricky uh, is in a tough spot with the flat stick right now. Well, to me, it boils down to always when you see guys with multiple putters, they're looking just for maybe a change of scenery. You know, that whole new broom sweeps clean sort of a mentality. But the thing about certain style putters is how they perform and whether there's face balancing to them or whether there's some toe hang or whether they're they're designed to swing back straight back straight through or or swing back and through with some arc. And and how they weight it is there like a counterweight in the heel and or in the handle, shall I say, and and how what is the face of the club weighted like and, and the overall mass of the thing. So there are many factors that are brought to bear. But when you see a player moving from one style to a drastic change to another, that sort of always indicates to me that there's searching on the go. And, and I find it so funny because 
I remember saying as an announcer, I mean, I would bet my mortgage on Ricky Fowler with a blade, with with that old um, Scotty Cameron blade in his hand. The, the the swing of the blade, the way the thing used to raise up off the ground, the freedom with which he putted was just off the charts to me, and everything was rolling at the hole, and the hole had a chance to catch the ball. But here of late, it looks a bit more defensive. You know, he's up and out of putts pretty fast. So it speaks of indecision to me. So, I mean, I, if, if I was advising him, I'd say, Rick, you know, for the longest time, you filled it up from all ports of call. Get that old thing in your hand. Get Go and look at video of how you stood, where the weight was uh, distributed, you know, what your pre-shot routine was, and go back to that and go and, go and take the same route up the mountain that you found the first time. Because in my estimations, with having worked with golfers at the skill level, there's something about finding a different way up the mountain. They've scaled Everest, and then they go down the other side because they've overbalanced, and then they try and take a new new route up. I'm like, if you've blazed the trail, go up the same way. So I find the whole thing a bit curious myself, but I don't have enough information from the inside. I don't know what the thinking is, but I am surprised that the style of putter is changing so much. Ordinarily, you'd find just little variations or deviations. But, you know, when you're fiddling around that much, maybe he was just messing around on the green. But that's some pretty fundamental and drastic adjustments that he's looking at. For sure. We'll certainly uh, – I'll, I'll be very interested to see what he rolls out this week at Pebble Beach. Uh, gentlemen, time for one and done, and we're going to work our way up from the bottom of the standings here to the top. So, Coach, you've got $1.59 yep. million in the bank. You went with John Rahm last week who got you $138,000. The only golfers that you have yep. used are Xander Shoffley, Russell Henley, Sepp Straka, Hideki Matsuyama, and John Rahm. So you have an entire arsenal full of golfers that you can Deploy, what do you think? I'm surprised you didn't. I think take this Sepp. is the way. I'm, I'm su- real quick. I'm surprised you didn't save Sep for the U.S. Open. <laughs> you just burned him early. <laughs> oh, man, I thought about it. It, it. it was a lot of a lot of time in my day, KP. A lot of time in my day uh, dealing with that. Uh, I'm going to go with Sam Burns. I just I, I just choose to believe, and of course we can be wrong, but he's he's having too many weeks where his name is showing up every single week, and it's either Saturday or Sunday that he does nothing. This past week it was Saturday. Uh, but I, I, I choose to believe that if it's not all four rounds, he has enough in his gas tank to have a really high finish this week. Uh, plus, I think he's going to go down the mountain that Mark just talked about because he's played so much and he's played well so much. I don't want to wait till April when he's not playing well to, to get as much money out of him as I can. The stat that I was referencing earlier. So in 10 rounds for Sam Burns this year, he has gained at least three and a half strokes in a single round. That's a ton four times. Uh, the only other guys who have done it that often are Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley and Siwoo Kim. It's just the floor rounds that we have gotten from Sam which have been pretty ugly, hasn't been able to put it all together. Uh, so I like that a lot, Coach, as well. It actually might end up being mine because I've kind of used everybody else too. Um, producer Jacob <laughs> is at producer Jake is at 2.2 million. He's coming off Will Zalatoris, so we'll see where he goes for this week. KP, 2.6 million dollars. You are coming off of a goose egg from yeah. Ricky Fowler. You got Tony Finau the week before, and you've already used Phil Mickelson because you used him the week before that and also got a goose egg. So you, you need some dollars here, my friend. I uh, I will probably end up picking Streelman or Sam Burns. So maybe we're all going to pick the same guy. But I, if I can talk myself into it in the next 24 hours, I really want to take Spieth because 
I just, just because I want to, I don't know. So <laughs> the, the, the case for speed is, you know, he's obviously not hitting driver very well, but he, like his iron play last week was, it was like an all time performance. And I realized he's hitting it from all over the yard. So it's, you know, there's more strokes to be gained, but he he's hitting his irons really, really well. And that's when, that's just that's when he was so good is when the iron play was great and we've seen it at Pebble time you know over over the course of his career he finished in the top ten la- here last year with nothing he had nothing and then he shot that great round on I think it was Sunday either Saturday or Sunday to kind of backdoor his way into a top ten so I don't know I don't know if I'll be able to tap myself into it but I really want to um, I I'm trying to talk myself in or out of Jason day, kind of in that similar situation. I've just crossed the $3 million mark. I've not used Jason day. I have burned Patrick Cantley. I've burned Daniel Berger. So I'm trying to figure out if I should convince myself that it's a Jason day week or just fall in line and take Sam Burns still yet to be determined. Greg's at 3.4 million. He is coming off of 23,000. Greg's in a, Greg's in a rut here since Greg got 2 million at the masters. He's made 192,000 combined in six weeks. He needs to he needs to start moving in the wow. right direction, or else uh, I'll be nipping at his heels here momentarily. But it's Mark who is atop the mountain, 4.29 million dollars, and you are coming off a John Rom performance that netted you 138 thousand dollars. You now turn your attention to Pebble Beach. What do you think? Um, first off, coach, <laughs> speaking of the masters, uh, you had made some quip that you were going to suck me in by the time the masters rolled around in April. You remember that? Okay. Well, if you, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't pick, pick the same guys that I pick, I can do that. Well, I can do that too. Remember? Okay. So, <laughs> so, 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 so here's the thing, um, to the Sam Burns thing, he was intriguing to me, but the one thing about Sam Burns is he hits wedges with a whole lot of spin. And around these greens over here, you cannot do that because the place is receptive or every green is tilted from front to back to you. So if you're hitting hard spinning wedges in here, which he's going to do because he drives the ball so long, I feel like he'll be in a place where you have to, you know, I, I just don't feel like he'll give himself as many looks as he should. I am I'm truly on board with Spieth a little bit right now. Um because unlike everyone thinking that the, the driver went sour in round four there last week, he just didn't make those short putts that he ordinarily would. He missed early on the front side there, and then he missed a couple short ones, and I felt like that sort of put pay to the performance because he was playing from where he drove the, drove the thing, which is something Spieth has always done. So he's fascinating to me, but right now I'm leaning towards Francesco Molinari. He's played well here in, in the U.S. Open before. He's coming off two top tens. Uh, and, and the game is just one of those in in a week where we're likely to be in rain gear. You know, that golf swing of his has not got a lot of moving parts. The arms are always out in front of him. He hits the ball pretty soundly. It goes through the wind. And, you know, Pebble is like Torrey Pines. It's hard to handicap because you're going to have one or two short misses on the greens. So I feel like right now he's the guy that's jumping out to me because this is sort of a second shot golf course in a place where if you hold out well from five feet, you're going to be good. Uh, I love it. Very good insight there. If you want our full cheat sheet, uh, Jacob sends that out on both Instagram and Twitter. So make sure to follow us over there. Gentlemen, last year, I was going to, oh, perfect, perfect timing, Kyle. Go ahead. 
Real quick, I love the Molinari pick. I saw a lot of people don't like Molinari this week, and I, I don't. I'm curious. Do you know why, Rick? Like, what's what's the? That would be news to me. I mean, the guy's coming off back to back top tens. I'm I'm willing to wipe his entire 2020 year off and say, okay, fresh fresh start. This should be one of the better spots for him, right? I I don't under, I wouldn't understand that at all. Yeah, it feels it. It feels like he's underrated right now because I, I feel like people just completely wrote him. You're right, like completely wrote him off after 2020, and it's like, wait a second, this guy's like a top 20 guy in the world if he's if he's playing well. So I I, hey. I love it. I think it's a great pick. Hey, there were certain of us on this podcast that wrote him off as well, just just to call a spade a spade. But the thing about this boy is he, in the UK, plays golf at the Wisley, which is a similar sort of setup to this small greens, pony and stuff, and he lives on the West Coast right now. So, I mean, why not Why not go after a guy who's sort of West Coast biased, you know, because when we get to Florida, it's an entirely different skill set, really, that's required around there. I mean, I w- I'm considering right, who- him play up the players. I always will, but I feel like he'd be good this week. Who wrote him off on the podcast? Uh, there were a few of us that were like, oh, Molinari, whatever. Tiger killed him on the 12th hole at Augusta now. Oh, he did. He, 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 yeah. he, he raised himself yeah, he from did. the dead. He, uh, he resurrected that, himself. That, that's living in somewhere in the recesses of my mind that he was killed by Tiger on the 12th. That was 19th. definitely said. Yeah, that was yeah, definitely that was said, said for sure. Uh, okay, gentlemen. Much appreciated. We are locked and loaded for Pebble Beach. Uh, thank you, producer Jacob. Very hardworking episode as usual for him the coach who you can find on twitter at the coach rules thank you very much mark immelman who you can find at mark underscore immelman that's kyle porter over there you can follow him at kyle porter cbs you can follow me at rick run good this has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.